you how I'm doing? Not well, bitch. I need to start drinking alcohol. Give me one of those bottles. Baby, I'm only judging what you give me. She peed my bed. Oh, God, I'm too slow again. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo, 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 and Bravo. I'm out. Hi, and welcome to Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. Also known as BBFB, we are your hosts, Sarah Boyle and Lauren Holloway. Welcome to episode number two, where we'll be deep diving into international scam goddess, Dorit Kemsley. Every week, we'll be bringing you the latest hot topics from across the Bravoverse, and then we'll finish by diving deep into one housewife or housewife's topic. Think copious research, hearsay, and plain old speculation. So we do have two corrections from episode one. We don't tend to be peddlers of misinformation, and I promise we do fact check our shit, but there were a few slips of the tongue. So I did accidentally call Tinsley a Libra sun when she is in fact a Leo sun. Uh, She just has a Libra stellium. So my bad on that one. Um, And then also Garcelle joined the cast of The Real, not The Talk. Okay, so moving on. Corrections. Um, Anyway, let's start this week off by uh, doing a little bit of uh, hot topics. (laughs) Talking about, um, yeah, the latest uh, news from the Bravo-verse. Nailed it. (laughs) Hey, thank you. Okay, I think we have a pretty big one first. Um, it has yet to be confirmed, but Teddy Mellencamp is reportedly getting fired. Woo! Lauren, tell me. Tell me how that makes you feel. I mean, in this year of 2020, when, you know, bad things are happening one after another, we just have to count our blessings um, as they as they arise. And so I think... Teddy leaving, I don't think it would, you know, come as a huge surprise to anyone, Um, but I'm definitely, maybe to Kyle, yeah, Kyle really put all her eggs in the wrong, the wrong basket there, Um, yeah, I'm overjoyed about it, what about you? Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely feeling really good about it, Um, I've been really struggling with Teddy because I can't quite put my finger on exactly what it is about her that like drives me so crazy. But overall, just like jumping for joy um, at the idea that she's not going to be with the ladies next year, just stirring up. Like she's just, she's such a fake stirrer of information. Like, or maybe it's just that she's really <laughs> easily manipulated. But I feel like last year with Lucy, Lucy Apple Juice, speaking of Dorit, And this year with the whole Denise and Brandy thing, I just felt like Teddy was like just being such a pawn and I guess, and then acting like a victim. And it's like, sorry that you were stupid enough to get manipulated by like LVP or the producers, whoever it is. Don't you agree? I do. I do agree. I think season after season, she brought nothing to the table um, other than the ability to criticize other people and ask them to take accountability when she repeatedly had no accountability for herself um, or self-awareness. 
Um, and, you know, you mentioned that something feels off about her, and I agree. And maybe it's the fact that she runs a Nexium-style mm. starvation cult. Some yes. interesting news came out this week, you know, yes. about yes. the dealings of All In with Teddy. I do know some people who did it and legitimately lost weight and found having an accountability coach helpful. I also read a lot of the internet gossip about what the meal plans, you know, entail. And it's really just like, basically the, the meal plan is starve yourself and eat soup for dinner, which will help you lose weight. So I'm told I've never tried it. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. I would love to hear more from these people that have done it. But yeah, I mean, having very recently started watching The Vow, uh, which mm-hmm. is all about the Nexium cult, mm-hmm. in which they eat 500 to 700 calories a day. They send photos of their meals. They ask permission, you know, to eat oh. certain things. I was like, wow, this oh, sounds dear. just like all in with Teddy. <laughs> Oh my God, I haven't started watching that yet. And now I really can't wait to. Yeah, yeah. I heard great things. Um, but yeah, that sounds like super familiar. Well, Teddy, the only thing we ever really wanted from you was a Meg Ryan cameo. We did not get that. Now we never will for so many reasons, but. Um, good riddance. All out with good Teddy. Good riddance. <laughs> Bye. Honestly, um, very happy to see her go. And and I guess that brings us to some other big news, though, which is Nene Leakes is done, which, you know, we have a high and a low here. And, like, Nene leaving is really sad, but in my opinion, also the right time and the right decision. Yeah, she she hasn't. She hasn't really seemed like her heart has been in it for the last, um, especially in the last season. Uh, kind of similar to Dorinda. Just seems like she needs yeah needs a break. Um, she's been pretty bitter. Hasn't really so bitter. Been a part of the cast. She's not connecting with her castmates. Yeah, I feel like she hasn't um, been friends with them even in years. Like not even like friends. You know, she always had at least one person to kind of like glob onto she does not have that person anymore she hasn't and right. uh I, I think she became so much bigger than the show I think that's the show definitely gave her her wings with her trump checks and all of that but I think she just became bigger than the show and um I did see an interesting tweet by Garcelle asking if Nene Leakes can come to Beverly Hills wow <laughs> wouldn't that be wild <laughs> That would be awesome. I I actually actually would love that. I mean, she already tried moving out to LA and when she was, you know, made her debut in the canceled Ryan Murphy show. I'm I'm Uh, sorry, that little little show is called Glee. How dare you? (laughs) Well, I was referencing the, the show she got after where she had a regular role. The New Normal is what it was called. Oh, right, 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 right. I do not remember ever watching that, but she's, she is talented. She, she, her career really took off. And honestly, this is, it is a tricky and tough year for us losing all of these OGs. 
The OGs are dropping like flies. I mean, really in every... quivering. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. Nini and Ramona really have started in their later seasons behaving the same way, where Nini... Remember, Ramona obviously famously has her 50 closest girlfriends and her, mm-hmm. her brunches and her birthday parties. And then Nini would always talk. She had her leopard parties, <laughs> her, her women's empowerment lunches. Uh, were they called leopard lunches? I just remember everyone was wearing leopard print. And so she has all these friends off the show that she would rather hang out with than her castmates. And so now she can just go do that. Well, Nini, thanks for the good times. You brought us more gifts and memes than we would ever know what to do with. Um, I will always love you and miss you. Totally. I mean, she is literally in the Smithsonian, so. Uh, Right. She's an icon. She really is. And that show would have been nothing without her. I mean, the Kim-Nini feud is Probably Nini Kim. Top, top five for sure. Top five or, you know, top, top three. two, top three. Yeah. Um, it's like between that, Kelly, Ben, Simone, and Bethany. Like there's, we obviously have some, all oh, some really good ones. Um, and Nini and Kim, oh God, that was really good TV. So, um, you know, onto, onto better, fresher cast members and everything for, for all these shows. Like, Literally, the the grades are dropping like flies left and right, and in, in all realms of of our uh, our life in various cultural institutions. Absolutely, but we can only hope a a new day is coming with some fresh fresh blood. Well, okay. So on the topic of fresh blood, um, like look what Leah did for New York this year, and Leah, right. Leah. You know, I think she obviously like she breathed new air into this series, this cast that it was a weird year for New York. I think we can all agree. But um, one thing that we can't deny is that Leah really was the shining star. But um, a couple of things about her that were in the news this week. Well, not even her nose. Right before I got on to record today, I was on her Instagram, as I so often am. And she was talking about her two black eyes and her Band-Aid tape over her nose. Leah um, got a nose job. So look forward to that next season. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But she's just so funny. It was like definitely her being like, why would I lie about getting a nose job? Yes, I got a nose job. It's so weird if people would like deny that and say it's contour. And I know that she probably doesn't even know like Melissa Gorga, but it felt like an attack on Melissa Gorga and her many, many nose jobs. Right. It it is unusual to be um, that transparent. It is a refreshing level of transparency that we don't often get from our housewives no, or our government. Oh, oh, amen, child. By the way, listeners, dear listeners, get out there and vote. Please. We, we are depending on you. And definitely tune in to our upcoming political episode where oh. we, will get, we will get into the donations of various housewives, the political activity of various housewives and the fact that Sonia probably had sex with Donald Trump. And maybe so did Kim Richards. It's, it's all too, it's all, it's really all too much to, to deal with. That's but a lot to take in. Really looking forward to that episode. So keep tuning in so that we can keep creating great content 
for people like you. Um, <laughs> the other news we have on Leah this week is she, she was in big time negotiation contract stuff this week, um, but she did end up signing with WME um, with apparently they're like the best in the best of the entertainment industry. And I actually saw on, um, I don't know for any of you out there who don't follow Demois, um, Lauren and I are both pretty hooked on it and we are getting like, you know, daily spottings of our favorite women, which is just like, I'm dying seeing Ramona all over the city, not wearing a mask, wearing a mask. Um, but this one was Leah and this one says, Leah Mob spotting tonight. I confirm that Leah McSweeney was at dinner at ABC Kitchen tonight with powerhouse WME agent Bradley Singer and extremely connected lawyer Gary Edelman. Singer, no relation to Ramona, is not new to signing clients and bringing them straight to the top with many multi-million dollar deals. Bravo better bring it because Singer will not back down and Leah knows her worth. Edelman's list of celebrity clients speak for him. Leah has signed with the best and should not settle for less with what she deserves in upcoming contract negotiations with Bravo. So looks yeah. like Leah is uh, about to, I mean, she revealed in last week's reunion, she was about to have her, she moved into a new apartment, but her glow up is coming. Yeah. And she's not, you know, Martin would be proud. She's not pulling any punches as far as her contract negotiation goes because she's still not confirmed. And we saw that she removed which is, you know, a classic contract negotiation move. She removed Roni cast member from her Instagram bio, which tells us she's going for, for, for more money. And she deserves it. She super deserves it this year. And that is my favorite. Like, I love when people start to freak out about the missing, you know, like Real Housewives star from, their, from someone's Instagram bio. It's it happens all the time. People... Oh. It just means they are in the gauche. I remember Erica yeah. Jane. Well, every year Erica Jane is, is doing it. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see what becomes of Erica Jane. But um, yes. Um, yeah, giving, <laughs> giving us the least for her entire career. But that's another topic. Mm, yeah, that is an, another topic for another day. Um, speaking of Demois, something else that I just saw right before we on, got on to record as well was Somebody has amazing footage of Kelly Ben Simone running down the street in the middle of the street in New York City, as she's known to do. As she has done for many years. <laughs> many, many years. Um, how we first met her was just running down the street in the middle of traffic like a crazy person. But anyway, just yelling, yelling on the phone, you're just jealous. You're just jealous. And the person who, who got the footage was like, I heard her voice before I saw her. And I only recognized it because how many times did she say, you are just jealous while she was on the show? Mostly to <laughs> Bethany, but <laughs> that like kills me. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, like either they're still stuck in high school or, or they would love to go back to high school and be popular. Like they're proving some point that is like having issues that, that are around high school and your identity at that point in your life is really what drives a lot of our, our best content here, including Kelly Ben Simone screaming at Bethany or to a stranger on the phone, you're jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I just, yeah. I feel like it, it always comes down to, to jealousy with a lot of these, these ladies. That's their, their go-to. 
And I think that that's everyone's just jealous. Absolutely. And I think that's going to come up a bit later when we're talking about Dorit, when we're deep diving into a lot of her, a lot of Dorit stuff. Um, Killer segue there. Yeah, but she's definitely, she's definitely a jealous person. Um, There are a couple more little things though this week from the Bravo verse, but um, one, it's just like, Lauren, I just needed to talk to you about Potomac because it's so good. Um, Last night we watched, it's so good. Last night we watched Michael Darby and Ashley Darby sit down, order some Brussels sprouts and a Caesar salad, no crab cakes. Um, and I know she, she didn't get what she wanted, which I thought was apt <sighs> and meaningful. She didn't get what she ordered. I mean, she did not get what she ordered. Or, at or the, maybe at she the bar and grill or from her relationship. Wow, that is deep. <laughs> deep i just can't get over i mean i i love how much they keep breaking the fourth wall like these producers this on every editing, franchise it's, every it's franchise i cannot tell you how much i love that it is it we are seeing into this and like i love so much like michael who the hell do you think you are being like cut cut can i get a beer like get yes. out of here sorry sorry michael you are not a producer, let alone calling cut. And like Ashley recognizing your underwear, especially after admitting that she also like smelled your underwear, trying to catch you in a cheating scandal. Like, girl, get some new underwear. Yeah, she's she's intimate with those drawers, so she can spot them from a mile away. She's had them right up, right Does up this in feel- her face. <laughs> she sure has, like in her nostrils. Um, this all is starting to feel to me, okay, one, I also think that Ashley Darby is somehow becoming, like, really likable. I'm really enjoying her this season. I've never been, like, a, a lot of people hate Ashley Darby. I don't. I never really have. I can see why one might, but she's, I'm really coming around to her this season, similar to how I did with Dorit as well, which we'll also get into in a little, but um, I do feel like Ashley and Michael that conversation is no, as much as I know it was hard for them, I do feel like they are just leading us down like a slightly different path to protect an even bigger story plot line that like they're now just kind of going around. Does that make sense? Yes. And yeah, I, I like Ashley, or I, I don't always find her likable, but I find her to be great for the show and this season especially. I was I was texting one of our intrepid reporters in the field who about the episode and the scene in the bar and grill said that a marriage story could never and I agreed. Mm-hmm. It was darker than anything in in the said said film. Um but yeah, yeah I absolutely. I I was just sharing like wow, I I can tell that Ashley goes to therapy and that she regularly meditates because she has kept her cool in any confrontation with the women. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, maybe it is because she's having to deal with Michael so much that she's really sort of, you know, I think there's a lot going on. And so she's trying to keep Absolutely. her cool, but it really does seem like she's, she's yeah, really growing as a person. Um, and I think she's also just like deep in some really hard 
postpartum denial. depression. Like there's a oh. lot going on and she's just trying to keep her head above water. But I've been really impressed with how she's handled everything. But also to your, your second point about how they are totally, they're giving us a little bit, which Michael basically confirmed being like, we just gave you a lot. Like we're done. The conversation right. ends here. Uh, yeah. I think that they have, as we have talked about before, and that Ashley finally was felt comfortable being open about mm-hmm. is that from the beginning, they've, they've had a, a different lifestyle with a different set of rules in their marriage, but I don't think we're getting the full picture. Uh, and the fact that it just doesn't add up that Ashley was like, oh, you know, we've had threesomes with people, so it's so it's fine. It's like, okay, he cheated on you. That that is outside of the rules of your relationship, even if you have had threesomes with other women together. I just it, it very frustrating. A, yeah, it's not a one to one there. Well, it, it almost feels like two, like hearing I have a wife and a boyfriend, and then saying we've had a threesome. It just really feels like they're trying to throw us off the scent. Like, I hope that she's happy in some capacity. If he, he really does seem like a piece of shit, <laughs> but you know, they're, they're expecting their second child and you can only just hope that like she is getting like an extra mil per child and that she's happy. Cause I think she's a nice girl. That that reminds me of the third correction. <laughs> what, what? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and People Magazine reported this, so I don't feel bad. Like, I, I definitely fact-checked this, um, and the facts were wrong. Uh, but I do believe we were talking about how Michael was in his mid-70s, when, in fact, he's in his early 60s. So time still, time still hasn't been kind to him, and... You know, every moment of Australia's sun is still seen on his face. But absolutely, just wanted to call out that uh, third piece of misinformation that I uh, I shared in episode one. It's mostly just because he's a big jerk. Yeah, I again, I think I have said that a boyfriend and a wife sounds really fun, and that I have zero problem with any sort of <laughs> different arrangement in one's intimate relationship. But she doesn't seem happy. She doesn't seem empowered to share the truth. Uh, I don't know if it's because he's wanting to, you know, keep it hidden or whatever it may be. It doesn't seem like she is being treated well, being supported in the way that she deserves. I mean, the scene where he basically, like, forced her to take their child on the girls' trip, it's just, that says much more. Yes, lighting. Gas lighting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, as, as Lisa Rina would say, <laughs> gas lighting. <laughs> I look forward to two housewives fashion. Like fashion wise, I'm like, okay, what are they going to wear? What are they going to wear? One of them is Dorit. And the other is Giselle because she is so damn Jackie. Wow. It's, it's wild. It's wild. She is- she is perhaps the most stunning woman across all franchises and her She's style my number is one. the She's worst. She's gorgeous. And her home furnishings, 
her royal purple walls and her like mirror decorations it's just it's all wrong I also I have to say I love I love Karen's style (laughs) I do too (laughs) her confessionals are are great she's never looked better Karen looks looks amazing yeah Giselle not great Karen blossoming into really great style yeah I I think we're probably gonna see um a Karen and Ray separation on the horizon, honestly. Um, but 100%. He just wants to go up. to Florida. Just like he's just an old man and she is. Let him go retire. She Do you, Ladam? Uh, I did just want to share that I read a tweet that said that the second stimulus check is giving us She by Sheree vibes. And I enjoyed that. <laughs> I big time enjoy that. Fall, spring, spring, summer, fall. Who knows? But it's oh, I can't, can't wait to get it's coming and it joggers. It's coming and it will be underwhelming. <laughs> oh my god! It's really, those joggers, I still, I still desperately can't wait to get my hands on a pair. So, Sheree, keep working. I, I, mean, I the I pandemic. Know. It's these are the boom times for loungewear. This would have been your time, Sheree. I would not hate to see her come back. I miss her. I miss her too. You know? Um, okay, here we have, oh, guess who I saw was in talks to be joining uh, Beverly Hills as a friend of? Who? <laughs> um, none other than Kyle Richards' oldest sister, Kathy. Little Kathy daughter of big Kathy. Yep. So that, I think that that would be amazing. I think she's been like on the show a handful of times before, but hoping this means that all the Richards girls can put their bullshit behind them. Yeah. I mean, I just watched the Paris Hilton documentary. Oh my God. Okay. Sorry. Can you tell me it's on YouTube? It's on YouTube. And Kathy is a straight up monster. She is? I would definitely be curious, but I mean, I think she makes Sutton, like early episode Sutton, when she was uh-huh. still very stiff and awkward, she makes her look like a warm, likable, <gasps> friendly person. Oh so. my God, can you please give me an example? And for all the people who haven't seen the Paris Hilton documentary yet. Yeah, I mean, it's just Paris shares for the first time, some really painful things that she went through. And there's a moment where she's sharing all of this with her mother and, and Kathy just kind of covers her eyes and pretends to cry. Like nothing is coming out. Like you can tell Paris knows she's just trying to like telegraph to the camera that she's sad. Like, I think she's very savvy and would, she would get in there and try to like work production and, and do a little bit of of Vanderpumpian type of maneuvering. Uh, But she's definitely like a very unlikable person. Bring it on. Bring (laughs) it on. I know. I was like, oof, that's just what I love about my housewives. Like, (laughs) um, friend of, so we'll take it. And she is obviously. That's probably the amount, the dosage that we would require. Yeah, I can see that. The dabble do you of Lil Kathy, I think. Those girls are deeply fucked up (laughs) like big cat did a number on them i mean 
I think, I think Kit, um, Kyle is probably as, as adjusted as one can be, all things considered. I guess all three of them did okay for themselves at the end of the day. But when you read some of the, the blinds and the, hear some of the history of what, like, oof, it's not great. It's not great. They've, yeah, I think they all got pimped out by Big Kathy in various ways I through think the so industry. Too. Future episode, tune in. The Honestly, I look forward to that. And I also am like afraid of that because it's like, it's layered, you guys. It's layered. Yeah, Poor it Kim. is a, Poor Kim. A, a seven layer dip of, <laughs> you know, child abuse. <laughs> I know, seriously. And yet they're all still like, mom, which I guess maybe that's normal. Trauma bonded. Trauma bonded. But like Kyle's just obsessed with her mother still. Meanwhile, she's like, oh, I was at whatever bar when I was 10 years old, hanging out with like Andy Warhol. And it's just wild. Um, on that note, and this is the final bit of kind of hot topic we have for you today, is uh, Lisa, Rinna, Lisa Rinna encouraging us, the viewers, to write to Bravo and say that we do not like watching the fighting. Like, we, we miss the fun days. It's, we, they don't have to fight for us to love them. Um, Lauren, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, she, she tried to imply that we should blame Bravo for the season once again you know once again we had another beverly hills season that left the audience disappointed and she tried to tell us that it's bravo's fault and i mean she especially after the last reunion i mean she is the villain of the season to me she came off so unlikable Absolutely. every t- every take she had was so wrong so off uh i think she is another one that loves to talk about owning it and never does, never really does. And it really pisses me off the more Kyle was like, oh, Rinna, the queen of owning it. And she does. She really does. Like they just all really kiss each other's asses. But those, those of them who are like currently in an alliance or what have you. Yeah. What's their name? The Provence five as they call themselves. (laughs) Ew. Um, we, we, the people refer to them now as the mean girls yep. and like, and like, you're not giving me as a, a former mean girl. Um, you're not really giving us a good, a good background here. Like you're just bullying people like, like one at a time. And I don't know. I just systematic think, bullying, systematic bullying. Thank you, Kelly Simone, Ben Simone. Um, I'm, I am still, it was really weird watching the last reunion episode and everything with Denise and Andy was very clearly not having it with Denise. Like he was pissed off. I think she's been a nightmare for production, even if she is on the right side in some ways and definitely the viewer favorite, just because these other women are are just so wrong like in every way that they've approached her but i i can only assume she's been a nightmare for production and holding things up i mean as a taurus i found it to be an iconic move and something that sort of expanded uh 
my view of what can be done when she was asked a question and said, I think I need to go eat a snack before I answer this question. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow, can I use this in, you know, long Zoom calls with clients, weekly all-hands meetings? Is, is this something that I can start saying? I think so. I think I might need to take a brief snack before I answer that question as well. Um, just kidding, but this does feel a really great time to segue into Dorit and our deep dive on her and all things scam. Yes. So, so, so let's take a, a brief moment to get a snack before we dive in. Sounds great. We'll be right back. Our scammer queen of the often transforming accent, born in Connecticut, citizen of the world, swimwear designer, fashion plate, empty vessel, mother to Jagger and sometimes to Phoenix, (laughs) wife to manager of one failing musical artist who tortured and imprisoned a person, and friend, Dorit Kemsley. Reviled when she came onto the scene, she is now, after a shit show of a season, universally beloved. For now. How do we get here? Where does this elusive creature come from and what is she hiding? Welcome to the deep dive into Dorit. Let's get into digging. Yes. Okay, so here's some quick stats from the local library, aka Google. Okay, so Dorit Kemsley, born Dorit Lamel. Mm. Dorit Lemel. <laughs> Lamel. Born July 14th, 1976. She is 44 years old. She was born in Woodbridge, Connecticut, not, not England. She married Paul Kemsley in 2015, March 2015. She went to Quinnipiac University. She has two children, the one that matters, Jacker, and then the other one, Phoenix. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And we'll get into this in a bit, but just a quick breakdown. She is a cancer sun, and she has a very water-heavy chart with a Pisces moon, a cancer Mercury, a cancer Venus, um, and a Mars in Virgo. Cancer sun. I don't remember if I said that, but she is very cancer-heavy overall. If you Google Dorit Kemsley, the first thing that comes out is, Why does Dorit talk like that? Where is Dorit's accent from? Um, There's a lot of people speculating on her her phony accent. Uh, Lauren, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I remember her saying that it was because she spent a lot of time in Europe. Now we do know she spent, you know, a good amount of years in Italy and then spending a lot of time around PK with his British accent. I mean, strong London accent, strong. Yes. Very, very strong. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know, like at this point, I feel like everything about Dorit is just so, um, ever changing, Mm -hmm. always sort of transforming. That really is, is very present in her chart as well. Okay. So it's interesting, just a lot of water energy, can you get into it like a little bit though? So like water energy yeah, let's would do it. then, yeah, I just, 
out of curiosity, because I know this whole cast minus Garcelle is very watery. And- yeah. So we have a lot of cancers in the cast, which is too many cancers for a reality <laughs> show. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, her chart is incredibly watery, which means that she has a lot of placements in water signs. As I mentioned, she has a lot of cancer. She has a lot of Pisces. Uh, and so she is very um, sort of goes with the flow, very emotional, uh, can sort of overgive to other people, mm-hmm. uh, especially like in close relationships and especially in romantic relationships. They can be very dreamy and in worst cases, like delusional, you know, oh, oh, and that's present. Yeah. <laughs> As to like what's really going on, like it can be hard for them to confront reality. Uh, And so she really, you know, cancers care the most about their families and their intimate relationships, and they will protect them at all costs and be very loyal. And so loyalty is very important to Dorit. Um, And I think we see that in her relationship with PK. She will defend him at all costs. I think we also see it in her relationship with Kyle and Mm -hmm. how hurt she is that Kyle won't be loyal to her, that Kyle won't defend her uh, when she thinks that she needs to be defended. Because she really is, her chart shows that she will be a very loyal friend. Uh, And I think we have have seen that. And another thing, oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say one other thing. She has so many cancer placements. They are very uh, into the home. Like that is the most important place in their life for them. Oh, interesting. And so it is interesting. She keeps flipping these multi-million dollar mansions looking for, you know, her quote dream home. And so I find that, find that interesting. Um, Yeah. You know, she practicality is not necessarily her strong suit um Mm -hmm. but she's yeah like can be a very sort of sweet supportive friend that doesn't always see what's what's really going on and can sort of get lost in delusions of grandeur aka everything about her life (laughs) yeah that ain't the truth um i do have to say i I'm not surprised to hear all this water placement, especially watching her get so upset about Kyle and Teddy's friendship. And just like, I cannot believe that's even a plot point, honestly. Like to me, maybe in all of my fire signness, like I, I, I just can't really believe how, it's weird to me how attacked all of these women feel by friendship, by friendships and how being better friends with someone else is like how that could even, I'd be like, okay, great. I'm so happy that you guys have connected. Like maybe if I felt like someone was my like true best friend, but you know, just if Kyle would just admit she's closer to Teddy, then there would be no issue. But the more you deny it, the more annoying it gets quote unquote, Teddy. I'm um, sorry, Dorit about Teddy. And I just, I just don't understand that. Like it's clear, like Kyle wanted a puppet. I mean, I, they're drawn together for so many reasons. It's not just that Kyle needed a puppet. I'm sure she and Teddy are genuinely great friends and really get along. They both, they both seem to enjoy a codependent style of friendship that I'm sure Kyle developed 
you know, through her sister relationships. Yeah. 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 Again, it's the attack of the cancers. There's just so much cancerian energy, which is just the most sensitive sign in the zodiac and -hmm. will just lash out like when they feel hurt. Um, And so it just doesn't make for a good makeup of a cast to have so many oversensitive, but anti like conflict averse people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Again, we have Garcelle now who's very like fire sign. Like you said, being thrown into the ring with all these watery sensitive people and much like you she's like why is this a big deal like why is this what the dinner party is about and now we're crying at the table in Pasadena in the house that Aaron Brockovich Aaron Brockovich built and why (laughs) why how do we get here it's too true and yeah it's just frustrating to watch that many like emotional people kind of be in the same group of friends for me, but that's, you know, again, fire sign. Um, I can also just kind of see that through, through so many of their other issues. Um, you know, I think uh, there have been so many lawsuits against her and against PK, so many rumors about PK's gambling and so many different things that they never did fully address. Um, but I will say one of my favorite things is this season when, you know, they broke the fourth wall and the producers were asking them about their finances. Um, I read it somewhere and I don't really remember where that one, that there are several tricks that like all the women use like across all the franchises in order to, you know, get footage that plays that they can kind of manipulate the footage and like, like produce it a little bit. One of those things is screaming bravo, 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 bravo fucking bravo, bravo. Um, and one of those things is during a confessional, popping a mint in your mouth. And when you see PK and Dorit, when they are dressed like, like the fucking villains from like a Rocky and Bullwinkle movie. That um, was an iconic fashion moment. Iconic. Like she looked like the Hamburglar. Like I can't, there's not like, there's no end to the He he had like a puka shell necklace on. It it was so good. But they're it's popping like red neck. It was quite a spectacle. Yeah. They are definitely popping mints. I mean, I would definitely, I would love to party with PK. I mean, they're probably doing coke in the bathroom. <laughs> um, obvi- <laughs> obviously, I would never. But I have been Drug loving free. like on, on social media. <laughs> on social media, him like kind of trolling Mauricio because obviously Mauricio is like the like best looking house husband and he, he'll be like here's a picture of the best looking house husband and Mauricio um I just think he's got a good sense of humor I just I maybe I'm a little bit of an anglophile but I can really see myself <laughs> like just like having like like how, how love, fun would it be to go to the pub I love that that's your reason for being empathetic towards PK is that you're a little bit of an anglophile I am though. like I can see having how much fun I would have with, like Lisa Vanderpump and PK and right. having you know, a four like, percent beer at the pub but like a sharp they have like you know sharp tongues and very funny I just I always thought he seemed like fun not like I don't know yeah I mean I should we love him should we dive into their relationship since we're sort of on the topic talk about yes, PK please. and Dorit let's 
uh, when they were in Italy, she spoke about it briefly, but, um, but Dorit did note that while living in Italy, she was dating an Italian man named Antonio for 10 years. Um, and that means that she and Antonio have been together like longer than she and PK have been. Um, the two uh, I want became... to get my eyes on Antonio. Uh, but they, they ended up breaking things off, which is why Dorit ended up heading back to New York, where she fell in love with and met PK at a bar. And yada, 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 the day after her grandmother died and her grandmother said, I will find you a man. And the next day she met PK or something ridiculous like that. So yeah, I, I def and she was like sheepish when she was talking about this Italian man. She was like, oh, I hope PK can't hear me talk about him. Antonio. And that was her lover, like lover. Yeah. That honestly, I never, I always find that as a very interesting piece of information when anyone, and I see it happen often in the housewives, but when they feel like they uncomfortable talking about an ex, like, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that their man will be upset. And it's like, you're married to PK. You got married, you know, not later in life, but you know, she had obviously, yeah, she obviously had lived a lot of, of life before that. Um, in Connecticut, in (laughs) Italy, in New York, in Hong Kong. So I'm just like, okay, it's kind of, it's not a great sign to me, but um yeah just interesting that she uh felt like she couldn't share about this decade-long relationship i know um but so that was all pre-pk and then yeah like so they they met in new york they met at a bar do you know what, what bar they met at i can't remember the name of the bar but yeah i mean i know it was like you said her grandmother passed away and right before she died she said she was gonna send her soulmate Mm -hmm. and then pk turned up i know that she the night they met she was off to hong kong the next day because she was you know jet setting in her her fashion career Mm -hmm. and so she delayed the flight per pk's request and then they went on a date. And do you know where they went on their first date? To see the Broadway musical Jersey Boys. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> yes. I do not oh misinform God. on this podcast. <laughs> Anymore. As we uh, have established. <laughs> only the Vax. Um, oh, my God. That's, that is such a weird first date. <laughs> Lame. It's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a Jersey Boy moment. But what? That's so weird. And I, I guess it really was a beautiful day, though, that they shared together. I can't think of a piece of art with less sexual energy than <laughs> so the true. Jersey Boys musical. <laughs> That's so true. And it's like it is a little bit a loving relationship she seems to be in love with him still and maybe even sexually attracted to him which i find you know um well, unusual i think i mean same um but i do think there's something to be said that when they first got onto the show they had only been married for one year yeah and they were crazy about each other at that point but 100 like, yeah that, at least that phase is over yeah Lisa Vanderpump was like, 
I do really love how much they love each other. Like she made a point to say that so many times, but it also really makes it me just curious. The honeymoon phase. Honeymoon phase, because there were also some like, you know, blinds about PK staying in London, um, like over the summer. I don't, I have, when was that? Last summer? I mean, time is, is earlier this loose. year. A loose concept. I do think it was this summer that we had it on pretty good authority, again, from just totally secondhand intel that they were near divorce and he was staying in the back house. Um, But the London version of a back house, it was like, you know, a, a flat in the East End of his buddy or something. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that they will eventually get divorced. <laughs> but, like, think about all of his... Have you ever seen, like, the birthday tributes that he gives to her and stuff with the kids? He does he give her a lot really... of attention. And I think that is his saving grace and why he's not on the chopping block mm. yet. Because he so definitely her, knows... He gives her a lot. Her love language is obviously gifts. 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 But that makes sense. Yeah, he gives her a lot. Otherwise, I mean, what else does he have to offer? Yeah, because, like, what are your thoughts on just, you know, she bought that house. He didn't. Do we think that? She says it's because of, I mean, I'm assuming it's because of the the tax issues and Mm -hmm. his credit is probably not great. I mean, to quote Karen Huger... It takes million to lose millions, right? Is it something like that? Is that right? Yeah. yeah, it takes millions to owe millions. To a owe truly, millions, yes. A truly delusional approach to finance that I hope my accountant doesn't have. That does remind <laughs> me, though, of, I mean, PK said a similar quote. It could be taught in, in the same economics course. Uh, when PK talked about, you know, he made a, a billion dollars basically and was a billionaire at one point and how it's just sort of par for the course that now he's he's sort of fallen fallen down but that's he was kind of insinuating like that's how you make a billion dollars is you take big risks and you lose a lot of money and this is just the next stage before getting back to billionaire yeah this does all strike me as weird timing though with like the buka de beppo stuff this reads very heavily like Ozark vibes to me. I don't know if you watch, but just money like, laundering. Money laundering. Like, what better idea than like a, you know, franchised food room like that? <laughs> the Capri room. All of it is, it all just reads a little bit sketchy. Like, I can't believe that Jerry would be so proud to put her name on something so, like, not classy. Okay, well, yeah, let's talk about the buka of it all. I have yes, please. I have some research on. I did just, there were a few funny things about the wedding that I'll just quickly share. Oh, their wedding? Oh, yes, please. Yeah, so it was at the Rainbow Room in New York. Um, she wore Oscar de la Renta. It was 20s inspired art deco. Jaggy was there. Okay, okay. Yes, he would have oh, been because he was like four when they started filming. Yeah, this is this is the just let me read you a quote from an article about their wedding. As Dorit and Paul, 
PK descended the graceful stairway, the band handed them microphones and they offered an impromptu rendition of Bruno Mars's Marry You. So they oh. duetted at their wedding. <laughs> and as we saw her, we saw her on that infernal cruise where she oh. sang. Oh. So she loves to sing. I loved watching Erica teach her that episode. Also, I just wanted to add that their first dance was to a song from Jersey Boys. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I was just going to say, obviously, Boy George performed. And he also, yes. he attended the wedding, but he also attended the honeymoon. <laughs> That's not Boy weird. George has something on PK. I, are they still friends? He doesn't come up anymore. Not sure. They're... No way of knowing. Well, I I wonder if Boy George was his only client. I mean, I know Jury has gone like backpedaled so much on like the many jobs of PK over the years and and he is an interesting guy. He's definitely from like doing a little research on him in his past, like he seems like an interesting guy. He always said that Jury saved him. Um that he was boozing too hard, he was doing drugs. He was, he was gambling too much, which honestly also wouldn't be super surprised to hear if that has a little to do and like by a little, I mean a lot to do with his financial issues. Um, But he did say that like Dorit was kind of his like angel who came and saved him, which I, I just think that they do have a nice relationship. Like whether or not they're both scamming all of us, they seem to really like adore each other and I mean, I think <laughs> Dorit is also just delusional. She's getting scammed a little bit, you know? Oh. I think she, yeah, yeah. she's not necessarily going to see the writing or want to see the writing that's on the wall. And you know what? That's, that's okay. It I, is. I just hope it doesn't, you know, take her down. Okay. So, I mean, it's basically... PK has been a longtime friend of Robert Earl, the businessman worth hundreds of mills that is the founder and CEO of Planet Hollywood, mm-hmm. which is now the parent company that owns good old Buka de Bep. Who knew? He also has a weekly cooking show. I, that seems odd. But so, so I mean. So does Phoenix, Dorit's daughter. <laughs> right. She is the next, she's the next Robert Earl. Uh, (laughs) That's what they'll call her. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, the more I read about it, it seems like a favor to a struggling Uh. friend. I mean, he owns the entire, you know, his parent company owns the entire Buca de Beppo chain. And so if you're worth, you know, $250 million, like you giving your friend's wife or, you know, your friend one room of one location of one of your many franchises that you own seems like a real drop in the bucket. And clearly, I mean, just the storyline, like decorating the room was a way, you know, that was the way to to make it a storyline and get it on the show. And that was her, you know, her way of promoting it. Mm-hmm. Right. It- did it feel a little bit like when the guy, when she was, she was like, 
oh, unlimited budget for me, right? And he was like, you won't bankrupt me. And I was yeah. like, oh, shade. Like, Not this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's clear she was working well within her budget. Oh, yeah. It's not cute. Those, those lemons, you know, cost 50 cents a pop. It was also very weird to have a baby shower there, especially someone's third baby. Like, you don't need to have a baby shower for that. I mean, just the least I know charismatic sentence I've ever heard is like Teddy Mellencamp's baby shower for her third baby held at Boca <laughs> de Babo in Encino. Like when oh. Brandy was just so casually in Encino that night too. Totally. She was just passing through. Real Housewives of Encino for sure. Um yeah, I mean, on on the Buka, Encino Buka website, she's pretty deep on the on the landing page. She's definitely below the fold, uh, and it doesn't even have her face on the website. It just has a photo of the Capri room, and it also advertises the Capri package, which you can apparently order from any location, and it's just like a selection of appetizers and entrees that they have at, <laughs> at every restaurant why is her um, name on this i'm so confused she loves well, italy it's, it's not it's the capri package you know it's not even the dairy package so <laughs> i guess that makes me feel both better and worse though like it's, it's a literally yeah it's like a a very rich friend doing a solid because yeah. he feels bad like so uh, there was a theory oh, yeah. that was, there was a theory last year that was kind of rolling around that involved. Remember when Camille came to Dorit and was like, "I have it on good authority. Like my friend loaned PK like uh, how much was it? Like a hundred thousand dollars? A bajillion? I believe oh, it was. It, a wait, it was a it was a million. Yeah. Um, and Camille told Dorit during dinner in that episode that PK owes a million dollars to a very close friend of hers. I remember having this theory at the time that that friend was Lisa Vanderpump and that like maybe Dorit didn't know about it, which is why like, remember Camille and LVP were like in cahoots at the end of last season. This is all last year, but um, explains why he would, why PK was so willingly to uh, quickly to forgive LVP and Ken for the leaked article on radar online. So you right. want to squash that beef and, and fear that LVP would retaliate and tell Dorit about the personal loan. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, PK is just working all these relationships around town. I mean, it might be a regular Uncut Gems situation. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's, totally. He's just got loans here and there, and he's luckily like a jolly, warm, charismatic person with friends in high places. And he's, he's just, just borrowing a million dollars from a friend. I mean, no. I mean, when I I've got it, you can borrow it. But amazing. <laughs> but like, still, just very weird. And that was that was kind of how we left the end of last season, though. It was just all the speculation, all of. Remember last year when they were in the Bahamas and that lady chased Dorit around the pool, asking for a hundred thousand dollars that she was owed for Beverly Beach. 
That never made it to the show. It never made it to the show. I mean, just. Why do they protect some people? That franchise is just an exercise in class warfare. (laughs) It is, though, truly. I don't know. I just wish. And white privilege. They just do the least. They get protected. They think that we give a shit about like seeing their car. And as if. I kind of do. I mean, I'm, I will take it, but, like, being rich is not a plot point. Being a scammer is a plot point. And so, please, like, I'll hail Scammer Queen to read, but I want, I want the deets. I want to see her run around a pool of a Planet Hollywood or wherever they were. Me too. <laughs> but, like, it just didn't make – it doesn't make sense, especially this season, all the women being, like – we're on the show so we can show our true lives and Denise isn't doing that. So that's why we're also pissed. I mean, in fairness, Dorit really was a good friend to Denise this season. She was really, I mean, there is no secret that Dorit came out on top this season and we were all just like scratching our heads every episode being like, wait, do I like Dorit now? Like not only do I like Dorit now, but do I like Dorit more than every other person on the cast right now? Um, Kind of minus the the moment she had there with Sutton. But she apologized for that at the reunion. Let the mouse go. <laughs> I mean, perhaps now is the time to get into some... Best moments? I- iconic moments from our scammer queen. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I have written in my notes like, um, but these do not include the time she was chased around the pool in the Bahamas asking for t- the $200,000 she owes for Beverly Beach, um, which did not make it to the air. Uh, the number one most kind of memorable moment, which was Dreet's first season, um, involves Camille Grammer. And it was the time that she called Camille a C-U-N-T, see you next Tuesday, cunt. <laughs> I was about to say, say it. But, um, yeah, she sure did. And, like, everyone had been kind of teasing her all night because I think Dorit got really drunk that night and she was really chatty. Um, excellent. Um, okay, then uh, after that, I think we, Dorit gifting Erica that underwear after PK stared at um, Erica's, like, perfect pussy all throughout happy hour. Um that whole underwear plot point, I was like, these girls, like we said last week, like beat a dead horse. Mm-hmm. Jesus. That was like. I mean, also he was in the wrong and that was creepy. He just, was. It was not good all around. Just, it, ugh. It was creepy, but then you also had like Kyle. Kyle somehow got herself involved and was telling Erica oh, that she should be more upset at Dorit than she was and just messy um when that really like should not have been such a thing and i think dorit was trying to like make light of what her creepy husband was doing with her friend who we know has a temper and giving her the underwear like it didn't put her in a very nice position either way but like kyle made it that much worse which was terrible um totally no that was that was two episodes tops and of course ugh, lasted the whole season the whole season like give us a break um, from I there, mean, it was, you know, a classmate's husband staring at her vagina, but 
I know. It doesn't I know. mean it was enjoyable to watch. Was it a problem? Yes. Is it what I want my storyline to be? No. Other things on here too. Like speaking of things that we were tired of, like Lucy Lucy Apple Juice. The entire the entire like heart of last season was that was like the plot point that would just wouldn't go away and ended up being ultimately Lisa Vanderpump's demise. Um, you know, I think when people Yeah, I mean I think all all of these, you know, top Dorit moments that we're talking about, none of them are like witty quotables. None of them are no, this are is not her, her being charismatic or fun. It's all her getting involved in a situation and being really sensitive about mm-hmm. it. Maybe and the draw- little victim, you know. Yeah, drawing it out too long. Victim complex a bit. Yeah. Um, there's also these kind these two are kind of related, but for me, something that I think about now every time I go to a party and every time I am served a glass of wine, no matter what glass it comes in, um, I think of Jerry and I think of her being like insulted by the glassware that she was using at that party that Teddy had and then, and then going to Teddy and talking about it and then talking about it and then talking about it. <laughs> um, that was really bad, but that was like, it almost mirrored perfectly when she was meeting Teddy for lunch and she was not she was so late to meet Teddy for lunch and Teddy was holding her accountable. And it's just like every time Dorit and Teddy are near each other, I remind myself of why I don't like Teddy. There's something in Dorit that just like straight up is maybe it's just that they're so different, but she just shows all of Teddy's huge glaringly obvious flaws for me personally. Yeah. I mean, Teddy builds her identity on, being all about accountability and being very, you know, tethered to reality. And everything about Dorit is is living on its own plane, you know? Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't care about reality. She wants to have fun, and she's super dreamy and a touch delusional, you know? And so those, those two are not going to gel. No, no, they're really not. Um, but I do, like... I, I probably, one of the moments we, we probably all remember Dorit best for was not even, this is a very famous quote came out of this, but it wasn't said by Dorit. Um, but Lauren, were people doing cocaine in your bathroom? Um, yes, they 100% were. They were 100% doing they cocaine. They party. They party. I love that PK, about them. PK's, the redness in PK's face much like Michael Darby's face, tells a story. And it tells the story of late nights, a lot of pints, mm-hmm. and, yeah, partying. I think that Dorit might capture that middle diamond next year. Yes, and then once there are a few newbies, she will once again be revealed for being deeply like unlikable (laughs) she she only seems so great because the season was full of just true monsters but i think i think that middle diamond is 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 in her reach for sure uh and yeah you know we we dug really deep and sometimes you dig deep and you you just find 
that there's not that much there. I would say you, you, you said it probably pretty astutely before when you said empty vessel. On which to project all of our projections. So, yeah. So that was our deep dive on Dorit Kemsley. Yeah. And this has been episode two of Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.